0: You are listening to the Conquering Everest podcast. This is episode 15. That is right, you were tuned into the Conquering Nervous Podcast. My name is Brian Talor, and just let me start out by saying thank you. Thanks for spending a bit of your day here with me. I've got another great episode for you. On today's episode, you will hear my conversation with Jared Game. He is a personal trainer and jiu-jitsu coach with Legacy Training and Jiu-Jitsu. Jared is a great example of someone who is going after his dreams relentlessly, pursuing his dreams. Uh, He started, he just started where he was and bought a a little bit of equipment. He cleaned out his garage. He had a gym in his garage and now he's got a facility and he's coaching jujitsu and doing all kinds of wonderful things, uh, giving back to the community. Make sure you tune in. This is a longer episode, but make sure you stay tuned to the end because you're not going to want to miss a moment of this podcast. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jared game. Jared game, welcome to the Conquering Evers podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. look forward to this
0: yeah i've been looking forward to talking to you uh, we we've known each other for a little while now, and uh, I know we used to share war stories and you used to do some training with me so um, for the for the listeners that that haven't yet met Jared game, but who who is Jared?
1: That's a that's a broad question and a A loaded question, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Um, I'd say basically if you I think the average person looks at me, they're probably not really sure how to take. I think I'm pretty unassuming individual. But if you get to know me past the rough exterior and the uh, bad language that I use frequently, I like to think that I'm a very supportive person. I'm somebody that's very driven for my goals. And if you're somebody that. I care about and you're my friend i'm also driven to help you go after your goals even if it's a goal that i may not necessarily want to achieve myself if you're somebody i care about i'm going to drive your ass to get after it and to work hard for it along with that too i'm an entrepreneur i have two businesses and i also do have a non-for-profit that definitely was a lot of challenges and a lot of hard work, but I'm very proud of all of them.
0: You uh, let's talk a little bit about um, health and so health and fitness and jiu jitsu. What started that for you cuz uh, I imagine this started at a younger age. Or oh, at least that's my yeah, good That's assumption. my guess. <laughs>
1: yeah. Very very good assumption there. No, I uh I'm from a really small hick town, 240 people, one stop sign. So and I grew up on a farm right outside of it. So Growing up, it, it was one of those things where I always was drawn towards martial arts movies. Um, a lot of times back in like, you know, the 80s actions, I was like the big meathead action guys that just looked like they could just run through a brick wall. So at, at an early age, I always liked that. And then when I, uh, my family moved from the ta- the small town of Ransom that we were from to Bloomington, I definitely was an outsider from the norm of these young kids. So I, I got picked on a shit ton growing up, just, you know, nerdy kid, glasses, braces had gap between my teeth. So looking back, I was an easy target cause I was different from everybody else. And then there was just one summer that I was like, man, I've had enough of this. So watched all these Rocky movies, karate kid, you know, best of the best I was buying some weight equipment from garage sales and just mimicking anything you you saw from those, you know, montages mm-hmm. and then this kid that had been picking on me from grade school up, finally eighth grade, man, I had enough of his shit. He messed with me and I got up and cracked him a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm not encouraging young kids to fight, but I definitely do. There is value in staying true to yourself, knowing your worth and standing up for yourself. And after that, that, that kid didn't mess with me anymore and nor did others. And I, there was something about what happened with that summer of working out consistently, you know, doing the cardio, watching these martial arts, something just, just clicked for me. And after that, I just came infatuated with the weight room, uh, working out whenever my friends, you know, they'd be the typical guys that would buy playboy or max and magazines. I was going by men's health flex magazine. And I, I just really got drawn into that world. And, uh, so, something that I was talking to my buddy about not too long ago, cause I actually forgot about this, but the high school that I went to, they had a newer part of the building and there's an older part. And there were some afternoons where we could hide our cars in the back of the school. And we would break into the high school just so I could use the weight room. <laughs> so and me, it was just, Hey, I, I had to work at a, retail job, or whatever. I was when I was young, but I still wanted to work out for football and athletics, but I couldn't because of the time, but I knew this janky door door that I could get into just to work out. So looking back, was it bad thing that I was breaking into my high school? Yes. But my purpose for working out, looking back, I was like, it's very obvious, the career path I've chosen, like working out was very essential for my (laughs) <laughs> for me at an early age and very much now. So
0: now were you involved in sports in high school?
1: Yes, I, I was. Um, I, I did football. I did track and I wasn't very good at track. I just did more to stay in shape. And then I'd, uh, you know, shown, found some interest in boxing. I did, I did pretty well with that, but that, that wasn't attached to my school. I did that as an outside sport.
0: Okay. And then,
1: and then after high school, did you, uh, what, what was life like for you? So it's it makes it good and bad, you know, that's not everything. Sunshine and rainbows type, right? Type deal. <laughs> but um, I'll I tell you what the I'll start. I'll start with the, kind of the bad is there is a, a time in my life that definitely made some bad decisions. I there's a whole year I did not work out at all, like literally, was hands down a piece of shit. Like <laughs> I, I was probably drinking a case of beer four days a week smoking a pack of cigarettes every day. I, I think it only worked out three times that year. Oh, wow. And it was one of those things where I just I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life type thing. And it, it was just, you know, just I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to go out and get drunk. Oh, I had a bad day doing retail. So I'm just going to go out and get drunk. And I was just trying to mask whatever it was I was going through. But then kind of, you know, got my shit together. And then... I knew I had to get away from Bloomington because if I still stayed in Bloomington, I was going to be following the same path of all the high school kids that never left and were doing the same crap. To, you know, the guys that just peaked in high school, so to speak. So when I kind of knew I need to get my shit together, I started going back to the gym, working out, not going out as much and just kind of, you know, re reliving what, how I need to live. God be more true to myself. And then a guy that I, um, went to high school with, he was, we, I was like, he went to another high school, but we knew each other in high school. He was in great shape and, you know, I ran into him. I was like, Hey, what, what you been up to? And he had gotten into the MMA fighting. So, you know, we, we linked up, started showing me some stuff. I thought was cool, but wasn't really quite sure exactly what it was. He was doing, went to watch one of his fights and he dropped the guy, he kicked him in the head, knocked him out. I was like, dude, this is awesome. I, I want to get into this. <laughs> so uh moved to Champaign about three months later, found out they uh had a jiu-jitsu team there that also did NNA. And they had one guy from that team who's fought in the UFC, another guy who did pretty well in Bellator, and we were all you know, lower belts at the time. So I really came into a good team with that that, that got me going. And then along with going to Champaign, I was going back to school at Parkland, and that's where I got my minor in sports psychology and nutrition because I knew I needed to do something else. So I was going to school, working at Gold's Gym as a personal trainer, and I also was fighting too, getting into my fighting career. And then, so it was, it was a, one of those things where I knew that my life needed to be better in the aspect of I was being structured. Because I had to get up. I had to do my cardio for fighting. I had to go to school. I had to go and train clients. I had to go to practice. And then somewhere that I had to study and do my work. So definitely it was one of those things where before I was not living true to myself at all. And I was just kind of, I'm just going to wing it today and go buy a pack of cigarettes. And if I had a bad day, go drink a case of beer. But then, (laughs) then I turned to champagne and I had a bunch of good people that were wanting me to be successful. They wanted me to do good at jujitsu and MMA. They wanted me to be a good personal trainer. They wanted me to successful school. So it is definitely was a scary move going to champagne and not knowing anybody, but it was the best thing because I surrounded myself with good people that wanted to see me succeed. And also I wanted to see them be successful as well.
0: So, and then not to, date you or or put in you know uh, some people don't mind sharing their age some people do but as far as the time frame when you started seeing the fight game the UFC so that was after I grew up uh, I think I'm a little older than you and and when I grew up it was the UFC was kind of like the wild west of fighting where you'd have a a 360 pound seven foot guy taking on Hoist Gracie or something like that you know um, I, I assume you were a little bit after that that stage, the, maybe the Dana
1: White era of UFC. I, yeah, I, I remember that. I was in grade school when that happened. I remember watching those, and that was just one of those where they – to me, they were like superhero action figures. Like, I'll yeah. never be like that. And then um, after I had gotten my start of training in MMA – I hadn't fought yet, but I started the training – was no shit right when the first ultimate fighter came out on tv okay so yeah. i i had already had some training and then when i saw those that you know that uh, show on fox or that uh, no spike i was like oh man this is like getting legit now they're making this live stream it isn't just like backyard brawling and all that so right definitely uh i came into there right when it started to be more televised
0: <laughs> and I think that's when uh, it became, it, you know, it started to become mainstream and, and people were attracted to it. Uh, but you were talking about, so uh, after high school, smoking, drinking, you didn't really have any focus. You didn't have a direction in your life. Mm-hmm. And and then then you met somebody and you're like, okay, I, I, I see what he's accomplishing and, and I want to have that level of success. Was it... Um, I know we had, we have talked in the past and, and, and there had been times where you found yourself, you know, couch surfing without a, you know, without a place to stay, was this all happening around that same time or?
1: No, actually. Um, so a- after I was in Champaign, I ended up moving to Charleston and I went to Eastern Illinois. Okay. And that's where I got, uh, you know, I finished up my education. So I got my education, exercise science, kines and my minor and. uh, sports psychology nutrition and then after that i you know if i when i lived in bloomington i lived in champaign charleston i definitely was somebody that you put me a room full of strangers i'm gonna end up talking to people you know and i i'm very good of networking and meeting people so i had this big dream of after this i'm in i'm gonna go to chicago give me a big city i'm gonna take it over type thing you know what i mean just my yeah i was was always was a big fish in a small pond, so to speak. And I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it in a big city, right? No.
0: <laughs> and uh
1: <laughs> and I I'd, I'd never lived in a big metropolis, but at the time I was like, okay, I've done good here, 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 no matter where it put me and I'm gonna make it. And the big city life just was not for me. And definitely I dug myself in the hole. I was in a, a very bad toxic relationship with a girl. The job I had was just Barely, barely making it, and the rent and food—it just wasn't that. So uh, that was one of the things where I knew that I was just digging myself a hole, and nothing good was coming from it. So I actually, because of everything that I was trying to make, and the bad relationship, and you know, got got rid of her. um But because of my hole was dug so deep, I actually was homeless for a while. Like, only had a hundred bucks to my name and that was without yes. doubt the hardest part of my life like Lois parks i was like man you're, you're educated you are good at your craft why is it you're not making it like right, what man. what happens and i Sorry. think part of it was who i was surrounding myself with they weren't the right people for yeah. me to make me be successful
0: yeah bingo that was going to be my next question for you is it or uh, uh you had talked about when you went to champagne you were Sound like you were surrounded by people that were uh, pushing you to be the best version of yourself and they were training you and they were in your corner. And then when you, when you went to Chicago, it, it flung the other way to where you were surrounded or you were in a toxic relationship. And, and, you know, once you start to struggle and and you get behind the eight ball, so to speak, it's, I mean, it's hard to pull yourself back up out of that with, with, especially if you don't have the right people around you. Now were you stubborn like I was? So I, same thing after high school, uh, there was periods of my time, my life where I found myself couch surfing or living out of my car, and I was very stubborn. I didn't want to ask for help. Were are, are you kind of a, a stubborn? Were you stubborn as well? And you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it on my own. Uh,
1: yes, I was stubborn because I could have asked for help, could have asked for bailout, but I didn't. I fucking took it like a man. Yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I like to think it is, is, you know, you, yeah. and you, you fucked up and you fucked up bad. Right. You, make and, you bad sleep in it. Yeah. And I was one of those things I can either spiral down farther and boo hoo feel bad for me, or I need to get back to being true of myself and being around people that want, you know, to see me succeed. So yeah, you know, packed, packed up all my stuff, left a lot of stuff too. <laughs> and I moved back to Champagne. And a buddy of mine that I had known from uh, school, and I went to Eastern. He actually did help me out. I, I got a job managing at a re- at a retail store, a supplement store, and but like the you know I had to work before I got a paycheck, so I was eating just mm. like you know ramen noodles and cans of tuna, and just kind of <laughs> you just just making it work. It, it wasn't yeah. an ideal situation, but. It's what I had to do at the time. You just got to suck it up, be a man, be like, okay, things are going to get better. I kept telling myself that. Yeah. And it was like, listen, this is the low point. Just it will get better. And that's something I, I you know, I've had other ups and downs in my life. I just keep telling myself things are going to get better. It, it will. It's just how positive are you going to stay? How, what kind of a game plan are you putting to work? What kind of people are you around yourself that want to see you succeed?
0: I think a lot of people, you know, um, myself included in the younger years now, I'm, I'm, I've uh, switched to switch that up. But your mindset, you know, those every word that you think, every word that you speak is you're sowing seeds, right? You're planting those seeds in your mind. And, and those are the seeds that are going to eventually uh, bloom. And, and and if you're planting those thoughts of negativity, well, <laughs> you know, you're going to, that's what you're going to get out of it. If you're telling yourself, don't give up, keep pushing. You can do this. Tomorrow's going to be better. Uh, it is, it is. It's remarkable how that works, but it, but it does.
1: Oh, hundred percent. And like I said, and what? something that I do, I, I listen to a lot of like motivational speeches, motivational podcasts. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's something I do when I, I start my day off, um, workouts in the car, I, I try to always have some type of like a positive energy or positive thoughts flowing through my head. And, you know, some people are like you listen to motivational speeches when you work out or in the car. I'm like, yes, yeah, because that helps my mindset. That helps me when I'm going into coach, when I'm going in to work out to train people, spend time with my friends, spend time with, you know, person I'm seeing like, whatever it, it comes with life. If you go in with a positive energy and a positive mindset, It's going to be good. You go in negative pissed off, you're not going to, it's not going to be, you have good results. Right. So uh, let's,
0: uh, that, that kind of leads into uh, something I had written down that I wanted to talk to you about. So we'll, we'll, we'll segue into that Um, in in the realm of, of motivational, you know, or, or um, trying to, you know, have that mental growth. I, I know you love to read books Mm-hmm. What got you into reading them? And like, don't, don't you, I mean, you read like a book a week, right? I mean, I, I don't remember what, how many you read that time I, I went, frame.
1: This is, my goal always is to read 12 books a year. So it's a book a month. Okay. Last, last year, I think I read 23 books. So, you know, there's wow. there's some books where I can knock them out in a week. And there's other books where sometimes, you know, it it may take me a little bit longer. Um, I've already read four books this year, so and we're you know beginning of February. So my, um, but uh, honestly, uh, growing up, on uh, my father was a big reader, Uh, so definitely that's something I took from him is definitely his uh, his reading and his work ethic, Hmm. and I think just kind of growing up, seeing my dad always read, I would read you know books when I was younger. And then uh, I just kind of slowly got away from it in high school. But then in college, I kind of picked back up to it. And now I've definitely found like books, like certain genres that I enjoy. And, you know, like one of my best friends, he reads completely opposite books. Like we both like to read. He does right. like to read them. You know, I've dated people and they like other types of books and that and that's fine. I think reading is something that's very... Underutilized because everybody's so into technology nowadays. Yeah, and uh, and like one of my good friends, he um, he does audiobooks, but for me, I like to actually read a book, feel the pages, and that's part of my daily routine. Actually, um, every morning I have my morning routine, and part of it is I like to start with a growth mindset. So in the morning, that's when I'm reading books about business uh, entrepreneurship, leadership. Um, the book I just finished reading is called the automatic millionaire. I literally finished that yesterday. Okay. And that, that's something that really has been helping me with being successful financially because I know how to personal train. I know how to coach, but I don't, I don't know crap about business. <laughs> it's the God's honest truth. Right? Um, so I've been reading more about business books, because i want to be a successful coach and trainer but also with that there's a business side that i want to be successful at as well so i can keep providing this for the people that i coach and then so you, my oh god nope go ahead go ahead oh, and then at night um every night before bed no matter what minimum 10 pages i read i put my phone on airplane mode and i read 10 pages every night sometimes that ends up being more depending on how entice the book is. Right. But those books, I re- I do very well with reading biographies. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's uh, I, military sports coaches, uh, certain uh, business people, because I like reading about what struggles they had, what did they do to overcome it? What was their mindset, how they overcame it? Yeah. Because I, I can understand people that their true life went through that. I can really get drawn into that. And what I do is my note, uh, my bookmark is note cards. So if ever there's something I like, I know some folks like to highlight me. I like to write down the lessons that I've learned or something that I like. And then when I'm all done with that book, I take the note cards. I put them in the front of the, of the page. So that way, then I can go back and reference that book at times.
0: I, yeah i think books like you like you said they're they're so underutilized today and and the i think what people don't understand is you know here in 2021 uh we're no longer recreating the wheel like most if not all of the answers that we need for whatever aspect of in, in our life uh it's out there and it's it's most likely in a book you know and uh if you just pick it up and read it you you there's so much that that a person can learn so i i'm I'm kind of scared that one day with the technology, uh, the libraries and what will be gone. I'm hoping they they don't because I I like that too. Yeah. So there's, a, there's something ahead.
1: about having an there's something about having an actual book in my hand and I can flip the pages. Yeah. I I, I had I had a um a Kindle once, and it was you know, I read a few books off it. And it was definitely the convenience of it isn't bad. But I, I like having an actual book in my hand. There's something about that I, I enjoy.
0: Yeah. Now, do you have? Uh, so I have a well, not so much since COVID hit because I'm not out, and I don't even know if the thrift store, thrift stores are open. But <laughs> I I had a very uh, good but yet bad habit of going to the thrift store and looking because there's always like a million books to look through, and mm-hmm. I'd walk out with three. So I've got I've got a small library uh, that's actually right behind me that. I've I haven't even probably read uh, a quarter of the books that I have. Are are you a big book collector or do you just buy it, read it and then hand it off to somebody else or
1: No, I'm I'm very much a book collector. Um I have a bookshelf downstairs in my office that's completely full and I actually just bought another bookshelf just so I can start putting the red ones in there. Yeah. And but so in my, in my perfect world down the line, hopefully I'm, mean, I really am hoping the next like three or four years, um, I do want to have a home built for me. And my main thing is I want one of those old school library offices or <laughs> yeah. bookshelves. Cause me, I, it's a lot of these books, like I said, I have no cards in them that have references I even have kept some of my textbooks from college that I still will use from time to time. So I think it's, uh, I kind of talk about this, but I feel like sometimes the generation nowadays, they're all soft. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, people are more likely to play video games or get stuck into social media stuff. And I'll tell you what, when it, when you get to disconnect and turn off your phone and just spend time with the person you're with, spend time reading, spend time doing whatever you enjoy doing. That's some of the best things. And for me, I enjoy working out, coaching jujitsu, doing jujitsu myself and reading. And when I'm doing either of those, my my phone's on airplane mode or it's turned off, just leave me alone. Let me recalibrate myself and focus on what I'm passionate about and also what's going to make me a better person and also help me make other people better.
0: And I want to talk to you about, about your training in the jiu-jitsu, but I guess we'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you before we leave the subject of, of books, uh, listeners out there, I know a, at least a handful of them are going to say, what is the must read book? What is your must read?
1: book? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so here's, uh, I'm going to give you three, but it's for different reasons. Okay. So, anybody who is wanting to improve their life somebody who has a goal but they don't know how to go about it you should read the alchemist and brian i lent you that book and you read yeah it. i read it it was, it was a very good book i try to read that book once a year and i'm, I'm gonna give a quick quick little breakdown without giving it away it, this is nope, it's I, placed I, back in like biblical times and it's yeah, it's not, it's not a Bible book at all. It has nothing to do with religion. But this young shepherd has a vision of a goal he has and a life he wants. So the book is about him selling his flock, going on this quest, the trials and tribulations he had, the hard times, the good times. And then he meets a woman, falls in love, and he's about to give up on this quest. But the woman says, if you really love me, you finish this and then you come back to me, and that's kind of all. Oh, I'm gonna stay with that because I don't want to give it away. But I right. think that I think that's a great book for anybody who has a goal, but they're too scared to go after it. So yeah. I, I think the Alchemist for that one. Um, then as as far as like with the if you want to do something with business or financial, the two books I would recommend would be uh, Traction. And that's about with how to start when you're starting a business, there's a culture within that business. And I've had jobs, which it is a shit, terrible culture. I absolutely hate it. I hated the boss, everybody with it. And this is about how do you, you know, go about coming up with a good um, area for for your business and what culture you want. Yeah. And then the other book as far as like, if you want to be a leader or if you're wanting to be in management, I highly recommend Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. That, that book really changed my perspective on what it is to be a leader. And it's a lot of leading by example. And also too, he talks about what he learned from stuff in the seal. And then also how he incorporates those lessons into businesses in the real world. So I think, I think that's, uh, those would be my top three. Top three. Yeah.
0: I've, I haven't read any of Jocko's books, but I've listened to a lot of his interviews and his mm-hmm. podcasts and he's, he's got a lot of great, uh, thoughts and ideas. So I, I would, uh, I would say that's probably, put a little star by that and make that my next one. So cool. let's let's uh, let's transition into your business a little bit. Uh, you're, you're, uh, you you tr- you started out as a trainer, and mm-hmm. you were, um, you and you were training as, in in jitsu but not in your own. You didn't have your own j- gym for jiu-jitsu. right? Uh, well, I'll let you tell the story instead of me telling it. But <clears throat> so, so tell us about your 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 your, your startup.
1: Yeah. So that, the startup would have to be the personal training business. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was one of those things where I've personal trained for a long time. I've uh, been a personal training manager, sold memberships, worked the front desk. I've pretty much done everything except be a, a janitor <laughs> at a gym. <laughs> but I, I was never above, you know, cleaning stuff up or plunging the toilet. So I guess you could, it just wasn't an official title. But right. I mean, I, I've done just about everything you can think of at a gym and I love, I love the gym. I love the gym business. I love helping people get in shape, but it was one of those things when you are a personal trainer at a gym, you're at the mercy of the average person's time frame. So with that, you had to personal train people from 5 AM to about 9 AM. And again, from 4 PM to about 9 PM. And then with the gym split, you would get about Forty percent, the gym would get sixty, and it, it was just you could make a living, but you weren't gonna, you know, be very, very successful at right. with that type of pay structure. So when I bought my home, I had a buddy, and he built me a squat rack, and it was one of those that you could make it into like a bench, you can do whatever. So I had a basic, I had a basic rack, a shitty bar, a bench, a couple of kettlebells. And some boxing gloves. And I think maybe dumbbells went up to 30 pounds. So very, very basic. Nothing special. right? But then people were like, hey, I don't want to pay prices at a gym. Can I just come train with you at your house? And I was like, well, okay. I I have enough. I I can make this work. And slowly, one client turned into three. Three turned into five. Five turned into ten. So, and it was making cash. So... Being a first homeowner, I was like, "All right, well, I actually have to buy this for the house, this for the house, and this." But what I did is, okay, now you're just buying shit. <laughs> right. Let's, let's focus. So, what I did is, if in one month I made five hundred dollars, two hundred and fifty would buy new equipment. Two hundred and fifty went to you know savings, you know gas, groceries, whatnot. Right. And then it just became more and more popular that people wanted to train at my home because people didn't want to go to the gym. Because again, social media, you have these people that go to the gym, and they may not be doing a machine or exercise correctly. And you got some asshole that's going to videotape it. And then it's going to be for the whole world to see.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: So it just became a thing. People were more comfortable coming to my home to train than go to a gym because they were afraid of being fun of. And it worked out great for me because I didn't have to drive all the way across town to train somebody. And then they no called no show. So I wasted an hour and a half of my time, wasted gas. Now I'm at my home. If you can't come, okay, cool. I'm already home. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, uh, like I said, started off as just having a small thing. And now my entire garage is full. I have some equipment in storage. It, it just slowly became bigger and bigger than I ever thought I would have. And the type much equipment that I have, and I know you've been to my home. Right. I, I think all the equipment I caught I have costs the same amount as what my home is worth. Oh wow. <laughs> so it, it was not but also too, I mean, a lot of people are like, Oh, I could never do that because I don't have what you did. And it's like, man, let me show you this picture. And I have a picture in my phone of what I started with. And I was like, listen, this is what I started with but then I worked my ass off. I was smart about what I was purchasing. And now I have so much stuff I need to put in storage. So it wasn't an overnight success. It was continuation, continuation, continuation. Make this better, make this better. You can just, be better. Yeah.
0: Just start where you are. Like don't wait, there's there's never gonna be a perfect moment. So you just kinda gotta start where you are and mm.
1: and let it grow. Yeah. And, and I, the other thing too, is a lot of trainers and, you know, I, I've been in the gym business since I was 20 and I'm 38. Now a lot of trainers think, Oh, well, if I'm the most in shape, I have abs, I, you know, can lift the heaviest, then I'm going to be the best trainer. It's like, man, honestly, when, what makes you a good trainer is when you don't give a shit about yourself. You care about the people you're training. What can you do to help them out? What can you do to make, their workouts better. What can you do for their goals? Yeah, and I think that's the part of that's missing a lot with society and social media. It's just, hey, look at me, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Give me attention, man. If you're if you're a coach or a trainer, it it shouldn't mean shit about you. It should mean about the people you're helping. And I think that's why I've been successful as a trainer because I want all my attention to be on the people I'm training, not on me, because their goals are different than mine. But they're having me help them with their goals. So that's what my focus needs to be.
0: Well, and and I know uh, when when I was coming over and working out, it, it wasn't just about working out. We talked about the books we were reading. We were talking about life. So it was kind of, you know, you, you got to work out. But it had that, that you know, um, it, it wasn't just a, a client you know trainer business it was it was more like hey it it was almost like we were hanging out but you were kicking my ass with exercises you know (laughs) yeah i didn't
1: didn't take it easy on you at all (laughs) no he doesn't take it
0: easy for anybody that might be thinking about training with him but that's a good thing so let's uh jiu-jitsu where did that how did that interweave into um
1: into your life so when I when I was fighting, it was a big part of my life. I, I absolutely loved it. It I I actually had a conversation about this earlier today. Somebody had asked me, you know, do you do you miss fighting, you know, full time? I said, I think about it every day. I, I don't think there'll be a day that I won't think about it. But I had the opportunity to train with people who were top 30, top ten in the world. I will never be that caliber of an athlete. I'm very realistic. <laughs> so at the time when I had, you know, finished with my education at Eastern and moved to Chicago, I was like, you know something I'm, I'm done with fighting. I'm retired. I have a winning record. I have great memories. I've gotten to go place. So I'm, I'm just done. And I tried other sports. I did bodybuilding, CrossFit, some strong man. And I was trying to still be competitive and still have athletic goals. But, uh, I still watch the UFC. I still watch jujitsu videos, but I think it was one of those things like, man, I've been out of the game so long and guys that I'd trade with when we were all white belts, they have, you know, they're black belts now or they're brown belts. Like I, I can't get back into this. And then I don't know what it was. It was just one of those things where it was around, you know, New Year's. and I was like, you know something, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see if I still got it. See if I still have a love for it. So I, I went to one gym and it just wasn't for me. Something about the atmosphere, the instructor, he just, it just wasn't wasn't for me. So I waited another month, went to another one, and it was a better fit for me. And I was like, okay, I, I like this. It's good. I got back into it. I started doing it two days a week, and then it turned into three. And I, I did some tournaments, and I did found some success. And then uh, something happened with that coach, and his priorities changed. And it got to a point where... You're showing up still drunk. You're showing up finishing the cigarette. And I felt like the training was going down when my skill level and my determination to compete was going up. So one of my old buddies, Tom Butler, he was around when I was fighting the Eastern and he's hands down one of my best friends, one of the biggest influences of my life. Like I I probably would be lost without him. He's always been a straight shooter, always has my best interest heart says Sometimes he'll tell me some things that, uh, like, well, shit, can you be a little bit more brutally honest? You didn't rip my heart out enough, <laughs> but it, it all <laughs> comes out of love. I Tom has never done anything to steer me right. Has he, uh, you know, been a little more blunt than maybe I would have cared to? Yeah, probably, but also I knew he was telling it out of love. So when I was with my old coach, that was, you know, just he wasn't doing right by, by my eyes as a coach. I linked back up to my buddy Tom and he lives in Mattoon and he was like, man, what this guy pedigo I'm under him. Heath pedigo. He's like, why don't you come down and try, you know, the style. Cause he knew I like to be pushed. I love to be just spent on the ground, not be able to breathe after, you know, having the shit beat out of me. Right. I was <laughs> so like, all, all right. And he didn't tell me all that. He just said, why don't you come down and try practice? I'm like, okay. So went down there and I just got worked. Just the pace they had, the relentlessness. I, I just didn't know what to do. And just a month before, I had won double gold at a tournament. So I went in there all cocky, like, hey, man, I'm going to fuck these guys up. And <laughs> it didn't work out like that. And they have a brutal, brutal drill that's five minutes. And it just pretty much like a shark tank. And wow. first first time I went there, and you know, Tom knows I need this. So he put me right out there. And I had to run out and puke twice. But I still got back in and did what I could to finish it. And I was like, man, Tom, what the fuck just happened? Like, I'm a personal (laughs) trainer. (laughs) I just won a tournament. Like, did get a points score. Like, what what the hell is going on here? Like, I, I was shocked. Him and I went out to eat. And he explained a little more detail about, you know, why he made the switch from the person he was with to Heath. And I was like, man, that's really cool. I was like, I, I wish I lived closer just because of this. So he's like, man, we'll come down anytime. You're always welcome. So it turned into me going there every other Wednesday and then turn into every Wednesday and turned to every Wednesday and every Saturday. So <laughs> at the time- and this I, was Mattoon?
0: You were driving to Mattoon?
1: I was driving an hour and a half, training for two hours, driving an hour and a half home.
0: Who, that's dedication right
1: there. And it, it was one of those things where, again- my old coach was not providing what I needed. And I'm one right. of those, if I'm in, I am all in. I need to get better. I want to get better. This is what I need to get better. And I was willing to make the sacrifice driving for that.
0: Did you have to, Did so uh, to me, you know, if you said, Hey, come work out. And I said, okay, great. Sounds good. And you said, Oh, by the way, it's 90 minutes away. I would probably try to find an excuse just knowing me (laughs) just knowing me i'd be well you know i do got. how hard was it for you or was it hard for you to show up drive that hour and a half that there and back and put in the work was it was it did you find yourself trying to make excuses or were you just in a very good place mindset wise that 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 wasn't an an obstacle
1: see for for me the very first time I went there, when Tom was like, hey, why don't you come down and train? For me, I viewed it as, A, a I love to work out. And I love to train. And also Tom's one of my best friends. I viewed it as, hey, I'm driving an hour and a half to hang out with my buddy. And I, and shit, you not. we've been friends for, I think, 15 years. I think there's only been two times in our time as friends that we've hung out and we haven't either punched each other or done <laughs> jujitsu. So like that, that's our friendship and how we hang out. This is, that's we're into combat sports. That's what we do. That's our way to hang out. I mean, and afterwards, you know, we'll go out to eat, we'll talk, you know, we have conversations weekly, but uh, the first time I went there, I was just like, okay, I'm going to see my buddy and I hadn't seen him in a few years anyway. So it was kind of like a reunion. But then after that, again, I felt like when I went to my old team, I was going there because of like, I feel like I'm obligated to go. I wasn't Mm -hmm. excited anymore. But when I was going to Mattoon, I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get the shit beat out of me. I'm going to be huffing, puffing. I'm going to be gassed. And it's going to be the best thing for me. And so for me, it it wasn't hard. And honestly, there's only been one time I said I was going to go down there and I didn't. And that was because there was a big icy snowstorm. Oh yeah. So <laughs> good that, old Illinois right there. Yeah. I mean, and there's even times now, they have practice Sunday at 7 AM and I'm there at 645. Mm. So for me, it's like no, I, I get to go down there and I'm and I'm I'm buddies with guys on his at his academy. So it was very easy for me. And then um kind of get back on the subject of how I open up the academy is um when the pandemic hit Um, our school has closed down, but me, uh, I'm going to kind of find a way to make this work. So kind of like how I was in high school and I broke into my (laughs) old school to work out, I'm going to figure out a way around this. So I had keys to another place and there's about five of us and we would meet at eight o'clock at night. I was like 8 PM during a pandemic. People aren't going to want to do this stuff. So I was working with guys that still wanted to train hard and I was coaching them the way that Tom was coaching people down in Mattoon. So it was one of those things where I was like, I just want to train hard. This is hard training. Let's just make ourselves killers. And after this pandemic, we're going to do tournaments and we're just going to, we're just going to rock it. And then a couple of the people that were training with me, they looked at, They asked me one time after we'd been doing this about a month, they were like, man, why the fuck haven't we been training this at the academy we're at? And I was like, well, this is the way that Heath Pedigo runs things. This is how he taught Tom and this is how Tom's teaching me. They were like, well, can we train like this even when the pandemic's over? (laughs) So they kind of got put the kind of put the thought in my head. But it's still still to this day, I was like, man, I am not ready to own an academy. I am not ready to be a coach. Like, every, every doubt in my head was I'm not ready. Right. But also at the same time, I have just five guys here and I'm providing them something that our coach isn't able to. Maybe I'm more ready than I thought. So had a long talk with Tom. Drove down there had another long talk after he beat the crap out of me for an hour and a half. <laughs> and he's like, all right, man, well, so here's what we need to do. And Mattoon's an hour and a half away from Bloomington, where my coach Heath Pettigo is at is in Mount Vernon. That's three hours from. Bloomington. Yeah, it's even farther. <laughs> yeah. And he said, This is what we need to do. He said, You need to go down there. You need to meet Heath, meet the full time fighters. And you need to stay there and see if you really are about this. I said, you know something? I'm in. So what I did is got, you know, figure some stuff out with people watching my dogs and whatnot. Went down there, had a sleeping, had a two pillows, my comforter bag for the weekends. like, I'm just going to go figure it out. And I did not know this at the time. It wasn't until afterwards, but my buddy Tom, he told me, he's like, I was 50, 50. I didn't know if you were really going to go. Well, (laughs) I was like, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious about this. I want to see what this pedigo team is like, what he's like and all those guys. So went down there, did the first training session. And this, this was like, I I call this my tryout, but it was more just kind of, I'd say more proving myself that I wanted to be a part of this. So got down there five, five o'clock or so on a Friday, met some of the guys, trained and i i don't think i had a minute of offense i think i just got worked by all the full-time guys <laughs> and it was it survival was, mode it was, it was it was it was brutal but at the same time i was like man i love this like i don't want to be the best in the room i want to be the guy get my ass kicked and people are making me better and that's that's what happened there hands down there a couple of these guys are world ranked and it's a small little gym in you know mount vernon illinois like you would never, you see this place. You would not think it was the Jitsu Academy. You would not think it's pumping out champions. Right. So after that training session and, uh, I had to, you know, change out of my gear. Cause it was just dripping wet. I was like, Hey guys, I'll be back. I'm going to go get something to eat. And you saw a couple of guys kind of give me like, kind of like a, I, I described as a shitty nod, like, yeah, okay, we'll see ya. And I, I just didn't read into it. I just went and got something to eat, came back and they did a double take when I walked through the door. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, and again, I'm, I'm going to, this is all going to make sense later on. By the time I was like, oh, hi, like, I do something? Like, didn't think about it. Slept, slept there at the gym. And the next morning, got up, got something to eat, trained, had lunch, trained again, just pretty much a week out of getting the shit beat out of me. But then some of the guys that were at the gym, the the full time guys they had a house about a mile mile and a half away they're like hey man you've been uh you've been here the whole weekend why don't you come over and we're gonna have a bonfire and you know make dinner tonight I was like all right that's cool so went there and then they asked me they're like hey so are so you staying tonight also I was like yeah I'm staying tonight I wanna you know meet Heath and train with him on Sunday. And they're like So you actually are staying another night? I was like yeah I was like why the hell do you guys keep asking me am I gonna stay? Like isn't it obvious? and they told me that other people and they they knew the story about my coach and his antics and what I wanted. And they said, like, well, there's been about nine or 10 guys that have said they want to do what you want to do. And after the first practice, they leave. They're like, so when I went to go get dinner that first night, they thought I was just going to be like, yep, I'm out. Peace out. And I'm driving home. And they're (laughs) like, you came back. They're like, and you actually stayed the whole night because some people had came back, but in the middle of the night they'd get in the car and dip. <laughs> right. So I, I didn't second thoughts. Yeah, and I, I didn't know anything about that. And I was like, no nah, man, I'm I'm in. So Sunday I got to meet Heath. And probably about 10 or 15 minutes into the practice, I got a headbutt, <laughs> and right in the middle of my forehead starts bleeding just bad. <laughs> and go and get some tissue and I'm putting it off. And he's like, Hey man, are you okay? And I showed him, he's like, Oh, well you want to stop or keep going? I was like, dude, I was ugly before I even fucking came here. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> so, you know, it don't matter to me. So I think that kind of showed him that a, I was willing to stay and go through everything. And also too, if I got, you know, a little injury, I was just going to stop. I was you no know, like, I like this pace, the style, like I'm, I'm in it. Right. So, came back and, you know, was like, okay, this is what I want. Had a talk with the guys, had another talk with Tom, sent Heath a message. And I told him, I said, listen, the time's come for me to leave my coach. It's just, isn't what I'm looking for. Other people feel the same way. We're looking to start our own thing and we need a little guidance. Would you be willing to help us? And he said, why don't you come down another weekend and we'll talk. And I said, okay, I'll see you Sunday. So came back, I brought two of my guys and they loved it. Like same thing. We all got the shit beat out of us, but it was the best thing. So I talked to Heath a little bit more. He gave us the blessing. And so he's like, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be a coach to these guys. I want you to be a big brother to them. I want you to be good to your guys I want you to work hard within our system, and I want you to make champions. And he's like, "That's all I want." I said, "All right, I'm I'm in." I'm so in, yeah. then, how do I go about now starting a jiu-jitsu academy? And that was one of those, "What the fuck have I gotten myself into?" Good job, right? <laughs>
0: Reality sets in. it.
1: Yeah, it, it did. So I talked to my buddy Austin, and Austin Curtis. He's hands down the best personal trainer in Bloomington. And he has a great facility for athletes. And him and I, we played football against each other in high school and he joined the Marine Corps. And we, you know, were like the best of friends, but we, we knew of each other. But uh we just kind of struck up a conversation. Ended up he came to some jujitsu classes with the old coach. He had the same thought process of you know needing a different style of coach. And I pitched the idea of me bringing this to his facility. So he was in, enticed by it. We sat down and talk. He was more enticed by it. And then I said, okay, well let's do this. So the only argument him and I've ever had was who was going to pay for the mats. Cause the mats oh, were yeah. a couple, couple thousand dollars. And this is why I told him. I said, Austin, I am paying for them. And he's like, no, this is my gym. I feel like I should pay even half. And I said, no, this is, why I'm paying for him. I said, you're taking a risk by taking me on. I'm not a black belt. I'm not a world champion, but I'm going to prove to you. This is the best decision for your business with taking me on. I said, I'm going to pay for every cent of the mats. So that way, if this fucks up, you're not out any money. And if I fuck up as a coach, I have no one to blame, but myself. And I'm the only one that's out money. Well, so as a business owner, he's sitting back getting jiu-jitsu training and he's getting a revenue income and he didn't have to put anything into it. So again, then I was okay. I literally dropped almost all the money in my savings, got these mats. Now, what the hell have I gotten myself into again? Right. <laughs> it, it just, and, but luckily, though, I had Tom talk to, Chad Hawkins- michael fields i had other affiliate owners within the pedigo system and i i would ask like man do you guys have these thoughts when you started and the some of these guys they're like man i still have these thoughts to this day yeah <laughs> and, well
0: and you know that's you know that's what when you and i know everybody has a they define success differently but the success mindset uh, i think you've you know you've hit it right on the head. You've got to have the courage to step outside of your comfort zone and do something that you, you may think you have no business or, 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 or you don't have the resources to do. Um, so have that courage to step out and do it, but then also surround yourself with people that are going to, uh, be there to encourage, to, you know, motivate, to inspire. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's definitely
0: so many people, I think they just kind of, they have this dream, they have this ambition and they're all excited to start. But then when that reality moment comes in where you're like, Oh crap, this is going to take money. it's going to take time. This is going to take, you know, they, they, they get scared and they, well, I'll wait. I'll wait until I have more money in bank. I'll wait until I have, you know, um, more resource. No, don't wait. You just got to do it and let it grow. You know? And that's kind of what you do with the gym. Cause you said you had what five to start. And where are you at now?
1: So, you're 100% right. We had five when I started and this week I've actually talked, I'm actually having three people join on Monday. So with that, I'll have 30 students and I've only been open eight months. Wow. Yeah.
0: And that, and that all came from, you know, just a place of, well, I'm going to drive an hour and a half to go work out. And then I'm going to drive three hours one way, or well, actually Mount Vernon's probably more like four isn't it
1: no it's it's um maybe three and a half if there's like construction but i'd say three if if there's no problems with the road but i mean drive down three hours train for two hours three hours back it's a full day
0: yeah that's well and you know what too if for for any listeners that aren't familiar with illinois um so you're going to hit i-57 most of us are going to hit i-57 to head that way first of all there's never no construction I've never been on I57 and missed construction and then as the further south you go in Illinois the smaller the towns get and uh it's there's not there's just not a whole lot it's not like there's no much to see so it's not it's not the most entertaining drive in the world mm-hmm. either so yeah. it it takes a little dedication to to drive down i've got family down that way and and I get down to see them maybe uh, once a year and here you were going down there Once a week for a little
1: while. I've been, yeah, that, well, down to Mount Vernon, I try to make it about (laughs) once a month. Okay. And, and since I've had my academy rolling, I've had lots of people join. I've even had people leave other gyms and come join my gym. And then the other thing I do is Mount Vernon's the headquarters. That's where, you know, the the best guys from the pedigo team go and train when I go down there once a month, I bring guys from my academy down there. So that way they know what it's like. And this is the expectations. And then we bring that energy and that fire and that competitiveness back to our gym.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's the, the best thing is, you know, I've talked to like other people and I've, you know, and I, I have friends that are jujitsu gym owners, MMA gym owners and other towns, other you know, States, and, you know, I, I kind of went to them also to kind of like pick their brain. And everybody's answer was the same is, man, when I started, I, I didn't feel like I was ready. I didn't know it was going to come. And I had a bunch of shitty mats, but I, we made it work. And that's exactly what happened here is I was borrowing mats for the first, like three months. And these mats tore the hell out of people's feet. We'd have to kick them together. Um, So we had, we had a rough start with the mats. And then when our mats actually came in, it's the best thing. And also like for me as a coach, seeing the guys come in excited, they've made really good friends within the team afterwards, everybody is helping me clean, put up the mats. And then we all sit around and talk and, you know, I'll I'll randomly talk to my guys throughout the week. And some of them are like, man, I was in a really bad spot, but going to practice helped me get out of that. Some guys, you know, have gone through divorces, they've had, you know, rough times with, you know, whatever in life. And they're like, man, the team was the best thing for me because I had an outlet. Some yeah. people with this pandemic they've had, you know, realized they've been in shitty relationships, but they came back to the team and realized, man, I was happier being around all you guys on the team than I was the person I was dating and. So I feel like what I've created as far as the atmosphere with the team and the culture, it's one where yes, we go there we work hard, we beat the shit out of each other, you know, weekly. But also outside of it, we're all friends. If, you know, my buddy's truck broke down, he's an hour and a half away, he could call anybody on the team and I guarantee if anybody answers the phone, they're going to pick him up. Yeah. And you know, you you don't see that with a lot of other gyms or even other like teams, and I feel like that's just the culture we have here, and it's also the culture that Keith developed down in his gym, and it's trickled down to us other affiliate owners.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, I would always recommend if somebody asks me, you know, hey, give me give me something uh, that that's gonna that gonna help me. Uh, mentally uh, getting involved in some sort of group training group gym, I, you know, whether it's jujitsu, uh, karate, boxing, whatever there. Cause when I trained with Billy stamp, that's exactly, I mean, I, I didn't go because I liked, I mean, I liked working out. I liked boxing, but more so than just going to do that. I went for the camaraderie for the friendships Uh, Kind of the same thing. You sit around. You have an intense training, you know, session. You 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 clean everything up. You put things away, and then we'd sit around and we'd chat for half hour, forty five minutes. And you're right. I mean, it's it's a great outlet, a great release, especially if you're dealing with any sort of discomfort in your. You know, when, when I say discomfort, I mean emotional discomfort in your life. It's just being around people that that want to lift you up is, is a game changer.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Cause you know, there's, there's some, you know, jujitsu gyms in the world. They're like, Oh, like we're all brothers. We're all a team. We're all a family. But then it's like, well, what do you guys do together outside of practice that yeah says that?
0: Are and- you getting together to watch the, you know, MMA, uh, the UFC fight or yeah. and- having dinner together whatever?
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, We, uh, you know, we all got together. We all went out for like a kind of like a Christmas party type thing where everybody brought like their wives, girlfriends, whatnot. And then UFC fights, we all get together. We watch them together. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, some of us, we've gotten together. We've gone shooting together. It's nice weather. I'm going to have a bunch of people over. We're just going to grill out and just have fun. Like there's a difference between – people that say hey i'm on this team we're all brothers we're all family but i mean if you have a shitty day do you reach out to them you know if you read a good book are you going to recommend that do you guys do things outside of it and a lot of times you don't see that all of us we we all rather i'm talking to the guys and they're hanging and i'm hanging out with them outside of practice or other people talk weekly and they do that It, it actually really does happen with us And I think that's what makes it easier for me to realize this was the best thing for me to start because right when I was starting this, I was getting out of a very bad relationship, a toxic, you know, relationship with a person. And now it was, I had the best group of people. Now it's evolved to even more people that's led me to the person I'm seeing now. That's led me to the friends I have now. It really was you get out of a a bad mode of who you're with. I'm trying something new, but I'm surrounding myself with good people. And they're all people that encourage me weekly. And then I see also too those people growing as well, because we've had a couple of people that are getting ready for tournaments, a couple of people that are doing better with their jobs. And it all started once they were in a positive atmosphere at our academy. Yeah. So pe- people can say like, Hey, this and this changed my life. I can truly say jujitsu and this t- team has changed my life. And I really do believe I've changed other people's lives because of this academy. So that's why it's very important for me to keep doing what I'm doing and keep being the best coach I can be. Cause I'm changing people's lives.
0: Yeah. It's big. It's, it's bigger than just you. It's, it's, and I'm sure you've heard, uh, I don't know who first, said it, but it's a quote that's been attributed to a lot of different people, but I'm sure you've heard it where uh you you become the sum of the people that you hang around with the most.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're hanging around, if you're going if you hang around people that all they want to do is go to a bar and drink, well, you're probably gonna end up bar drinking, you're gonna have the beer belly, hangovers, all that. If you if you go hang out with people that are pushing themselves to become better versions of themselves, whether it be um, you know whether it be mentally, physically, or a combination of both. Well, you're going to be, you know, you're going to become one of them. You know, essentially, you 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 might be because I know when I joined boxing, I did it to I was like, oh, I just need to get a little exercise and lose weight. But then I ended up loving the gym and loving the people, and then actually wanting to compete. And and I mean, I started this when I was forty. You know, I started. Uh, Doing that when I was 40, but so that, that that leads into a, a good, I think a good, good question or a good comment here. So demographically, the conquering Everest podcast, I've got listeners from uh, about 25 years of age to 55 years of age. And, and I know there's going to be some, you know, some, some older folks that are, you know, 30 plus, and they're going to say, you know, jujitsu, this, this doesn't apply to me because I'm too old. (laughs) What's the truth?
1: Okay, so here's here's the truth. I have the youngest I have is a 14 year old at my academy. And I have a 51 year old. Yeah. Um, age doesn't matter. Now, here's the part that's also realistic. We have this we have this one guy, he's 24, and he is an athletic phenom. He's a hard worker, he goes hard, he's getting ready for his first competition out of the month, and he's gonna whoops some ass now is he is on a level for his age but then i have a lady named kiki you know she's in her late 40s am i gonna have her do the same type of conditioning and same type of athletic movements as the 24 year old no does she still go in there and get after it does she still try to choke me and all the other guys absolutely she's a she's a tough tough woman She's, she's the mom of the team. That's the title I give her. She wears it proudly. <laughs> but also, too, she gets it in. She's sweating. She's huffing and puffing. She goes after the guys. Completely different age group, completely different athletes, completely different goals. But it is for everybody. So mm-hmm. if there's ever a gym or a person that says jujitsu is not for everybody, you're not teaching it right. Jiu-Jitsu is for everybody. It's finding the right coach that's going to be able to coach everybody. That's the key.
0: And the beauty of it is, you know, something like this is is you get involved and, and you're doing you have your own personal reasons for doing it. Obviously, we all take action on on goals that we have for ourselves, but then you find that through that you you grow you gain experience, you grow and next thing, you know, not only are you there accomplishing what you want to accomplish, but now you're helping other people accomplish what they want to accomplish. And to me, that's the, that's the bigger piece of it is, is yeah, you're there, you're getting your work in, but you're helping somebody else. And I think that's where, you know, I think that's our purpose in life. Right. you know, we're all here Mm -hmm. to be, uh, uh, you know, be, be somebody else's inspiration or motivation. So
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm training to win competitions. You know, one of my goals is to win pans and worlds this year. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm everybody's coach. So yes, I have my own personal goals. But to also align that if other people go to tournaments, because that's their goals, and they win, I'm going to be probably more ecstatic for seeing them growing in their jujitsu world. Yeah. And then Like I have a buddy that I train and he's a cop. He's trying to get a job with a better agency. So he has better financial, better, you know, other avenues he can pursue. If he gets that, I'm also happy for him for his outside life. So that's the thing too, is like, I would have never met this person. He probably would, he even said, he's like, if I would have gone to another gym, I probably wouldn't have stuck with this because he's, he's tried, he's dabbled at a few other gyms. He's like, man, no, this is what I need for, My career and what i like to do so helping him in his jiu-jitsu world but also seeing him being successful outside that's awesome too and he said a lot of his outside success has helped because of the mindset he's developed from our team so like i said changing somebody's lives just to win medals yes that is cool but also changing their lives outside of the academy that's what is really cool and really drives me to keep going.
0: So here's a here's a very specific jujitsu jitsu question for you. Mm-hmm. gi versus no gi. So I will admit that when I first when you started the gym up and you you were posting on social media, hey, we're gonna practice this day, it would say N O G I and I was like, what the heck is no Gi? <laughs> and then I can <laughs> find out it's no Gi, which is uh the um, shorts and T shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So does a person need to have a gi to to start out if they're thinking about getting into jujitsu or what's so that's like great. if somebody's saying hey this sounds really cool mind body and spirit I, I'm going to go join a gym what would what should they expect in your opinion
1: Yeah, so well, so a few things is a do you need a gi right when you walk into our academy No. Every time we have a gi practice, I bring two to three extras, and so does another guy. So that way, when people are brand new, they are able to borrow our gis and try it. Because some people get into jiu-jitsu, and they absolutely love it. They're like, man, why didn't I do this, you know, five years ago? Other people do it once, like, you know, some, it's not for me. And that's fine. They just, you know, some people are claustrophobic, some people just don't like, you know, the idea of being controlled and submitted yeah. in the So, do you, I tell people, why don't you try it, bar geese. You decide that you want to be a part of this. I'm a wholesaler for Origin Maine, and again, the guy whose book I recommended, Jocko Willink. Mm-hmm. He's a wholesaler for them, or he's. I'm sorry, he's part owner of Origin Maine. So one of my goals was if I'm gonna do this, I wanna I wanna work with them because I everything he stands for and origin stands for was a big part of this. So if you want to join, we'll get you a gi down the line. But right when you join, it doesn't matter. Now the other part of that question, what's the difference between gi and no gi? The gi is the jiu-jitsu, the pants, and the jacket. You have a lot more weapons as far as with choking, controlling people, slowing down certain people's athleticism. So I think that the Gi Jiu Jitsu is a lot more of a chess match because there's a lot of tugging, pulling, and controlling. So you have to have a lot of skill and knowledge. Okay. No Gi, because it's just shorts and t-shirt and you can't grab onto clothing, that's where people who are athletic tend to shine more, especially guys who are good high school, college wrestlers, because the athleticism can take over certain skills. Now, is skill going to be a big part? Yes, absolutely. But some dominant wrestlers or strong people, the Nogi can be a little bit easier transition for them. So my opinion, try both. See which one you like. I've had a, a couple people, myself included in this, man, I don't want to wear the gi. I just want to, you know, I'm, I'm going to fight. I want to fight MMA. And I'm not going to be wearing this in the cage. <laughs> You're right. But also too, there is some real world optical things that if you train with the gi, if anything were to happen where you had to defend yourself, your family, your loved ones, having that skill set with the gi and grabbing on somebody's jacket or sweatshirt, it's very applicable. And yeah, I have seven law enforcement officers and three firefighters. They have had to take care of business in their line of work. So when I explain this is where the gi would come place if somebody's wearing this or this, you need to train the gi more than anything for your line of work.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the mental aspect of jujitsu. What What kind of growth have you seen? in individuals that have come through to train with you.
1: Yeah, I, I tell you what, I actually have a very good story about my good friend Maddox, actually. Maddox was a kid that I met him at personal trained him, and he was a shy kid, didn't have a lot of confidence, didn't have much athletic ability and got him into working out, started to get some strength and started to get stronger. Then He came over and started to try jiu-jitsu. And again, he was starting to develop athleticism when he was like 24, 23. So he's kind of like a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. So just plain simple, he just, you know, the first three months doing jiu-jitsu, you're just, it's a lot of taking punishment, so to speak, with getting submitted, doing stuff and you're like, man, am I ever going to get better? But then once you hit past that three month mark, Hey, I see this move. Hey, I'm able to roll this press. I'm able to go to this. Now, he is way more confident. He has a lot of friends now. And also, too, just the way he's able to talk to strangers now compared to when I first met him. He's grown as a person. And it all started, it, I mean, it helped a little bit when I was personal training him. But really, his growth as a human being started when he was with jiu-jitsu. And there's a person that he used to work with that used to pick on him. That person came into our academy <laughs> and i re- and I remember Maddox talking about this kid. I said, "Maddox, go do a five minute round with him." He's like, "Man, he used to talk shit about me. I was like Maddox. It, he's not gonna fight you. Go do jiu-jitsu. He's a training partner. You'll be fine <laughs> right." And Maddox, he did not rip a submission. He didn't choke him unconscious. But I'll tell you what, that guy could not do a damn thing. At this time, Maddox had been training for over a year. And there was not a damn thing. This guy who used to make fun of him, used to pick on him, used to talk shit about him every day at work. There wasn't a damn minute of offense he had against Maddox. Now, that guy never came back, which... (laughs) Maddox didn't do anything shitty to him. He didn't hurt him. But it definitely was demoralizing. This guy was like, man, you know, I used to pick on this guy. I could always talk to the shit, I whoop his ass. And then you get handled by a guy. Max was like, I can't believe I did that. I was like, Maddox, because you know what you're doing now. I was like, you have the confidence to do it. You have the athleticism. You have the ability to do it. So that right there helped him have that confidence as a human being. And again, how he handles himself with his work outside is his growth has been awesome seeing him grow up. And then the flip side of that, um, I'm a big supporter of law enforcement, first responders, you know, military. So we have a lot of law enforcement, um, part of the adopt a cop BJJ program, which sponsors officers to get them into training jiu-jitsu until they're blue belts some of the officers has one guy told me hey i was in here i was trying to tussle i had to tussle with a guy and i was gassed and if i didn't have backup a guy probably would have whooped on me possibly killed me another guy is hey with how things are going i need to learn some of this so that way i'm not relying on just my firearm right and they've all said they're like Honestly, they're like, if I'm just by myself and I don't have backup for another 20 minutes, I know if a situation happens, I'm not going to need to use my firearm and I can control people just fine. I'm not going to hurt them. I'm going to control them. I'm going to go home safe. They're going to go to jail or you know be let go and no firearms are used. So even the officers that I've trained, their confidence going into their job I'm probably saving their life and possibly somebody else as well. So that's a, another reason that I think jujitsu is very, very critical for the law enforcement
0: community. I think, you know, and this, and this is not, um, uh, in talking about the, just the, the confidence, the, the, the growth element, the, 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 the mental and emotional growth element of it. Uh, th- this is a common theme I've heard in, boxing and mixed martial arts and you know muay thai and all that stuff so uh, you know it's it's almost like in my mind this should be a curriculum in school kids should learn something Uh, i know there's wrestling in school and i wrestled the good here's the nice thing about uh Jiu jitsu and the gi. The gi is uh, much more attractive than those tight singlets.
1: <laughs> you're you're 100% correct with that one. Yes, the gi definitely yeah. looks better and more manly than a wrestling singlet. I'll agree not, with that. I was
0: a big guy, right? So, you know, tight, I didn't like walking around in that tight singlet, but mm-hmm. let's, uh, let me ask you about, we'll kind of segue a little bit and I'd like to talk to you about fitness in mm-hmm. general. So, the, um, personal trainer side of you, what what are most Americans or anybody really? I don't know. We're what are we doing wrong (laughs) when it comes to fitness?
1: Broad question, but I know where you're going with that. Mm -hmm. And here's my answer. Kind of going back to our I said, you know, with society and men in this culture, I feel like a lot of them are going soft. Yeah. I feel like as a as a whole, and again, I, I'm not speaking everybody, but a good chunk, we've gotten lazy. Yeah, and society has made it easy to be lazy. So, yeah, I think how easy is it to order food and have it delivered?
0: <laughs>
1: Very easy, and oh, yeah. you know, you have Grubhub or some other things. I I, I don't know because I don't I don't download those apps, but. Hey, Buffalo Wild Wings sounds good. McDonald's delivers now. Like you know, you can get fast food at any time. And also, along with that, the fast food that tastes phenomenal. I mean, I'm no, you know, I'm 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 human. I like pizza and Buffalo Wild Wings, just like anybody else. But instead of eating pizza three days a week, I know I only eat it one day a week. And when I do, I enjoy it. But then during that day, I'm eating very, very healthy to reward myself. Mm-hmm. And other people is just, oh, well, pizza, it's just down the road. It's only 10 bucks. I'm just going to get it. And we get three nights a week. Right. And then kind of also sort of, you know, the pandemic sort of hit something like this, too, where all the gyms were closed. So a lot of folks were just, well, I'm not going to work out or it's hard getting back into it. And then there's limitations at the gym. Just because you feel like you need to work out, you need to go to a gym, you could join a class, you could join yoga, you know, there's all all kinds of options, but it's, are you willing to do it? Because it is a lot easier after work to sit on the couch, order food, get comfy, watch whatever streaming device you have instead of, I just got off work. I need to go lift weights, do cardio, do a class, do whatnot. And then once I'm back, then I need to prep or eat healthy food. That means you have to actually prepare it. So yeah. is it a challenge sometimes? Yes. I'm And I'm, I'm human too. There's some days I do not want to work out. There's some days I do not want to go to practice. And there's some days, you know, something, it would be a lot easier for me to go to the little Caesars a block away and pick up that you know, $6 pizza instead of <laughs> instead of make my food of lean meats, vegetables and, you know, some type of carbohydrate. There's some days I, I want to do that. Do I yeah. cave some days? Yes. I'm not going to deny and act like I'm perfect. So I'm far from that. There's some days I am like that, but I will say I have more days that I make the better choice instead of the easy choice.
0: Well, and, and as somebody in my forties that 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 has struggled with weight his entire life, I you know I can honestly say for anybody, uh, especially younger folks, um, I'm saying you know whether teens to twenties even into your thirties, I know there's a lot of excuses like well you know buying healthy is more expensive. Oh, gym memberships are expensive. You're either going to pay now or you're going to pay later. Because believe me, at 46 years old. Uh, my knees are a lot older than, than they should be. I, you know, and that's just because I've been athletic my entire life, but I've also been built like a offensive lineman. So (laughs) yeah. And I'll be it short.
1: Well, and I, and I think the thing is too, this is what I tell anybody. It it doesn't matter. People come to me for personal training, come to me for jujitsu, come to me for nutrition device. The first three weeks you start something that's a healthy lifestyle change. It's going to fucking suck. And those are my exact words. I do not, I don't (laughs) lie to them because when you're trying to eat healthy, you need to detox your body from all the sugar and all the other crap you've put in. So if you've ever seen anybody who's ever quit smoking, dip, drinking, doing drugs, first three weeks is miserable their body aches and it hurts but then it gets easier and their life changes better same thing with starting a diet starting a workout program first three weeks you're like damn this sucks but you make it a priority and you change your habits it becomes easier it's just a a, a lot of people they're afraid to get out of their comfort zone instead of Hey, this is a challenge, but it's going to be good for me. I need to stay focused. And again, how we talked about having the right people around you. If you have people that are like, man, why are you doing that? It's not going to matter. You know, just, just one meal. It's not going to hurt you. You're right. One meal, not won't, but there are some folks that, Hey, I ate healthy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I go eat a cheeseburger and fry. Well, I already screwed up this week. Might as well just screw up the rest of the week instead of, had a bad meal Wednesday, so Thursday, I'm gonna get back on it.
0: Yeah, you're you're talking to
1: me right now.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the king of well, today's already gone to shit anyway, so let me just go ahead and eat this pint of ice cream while I'm at it.
1: <laughs> well, you yeah. see, again, again, if you have a bad day, so what? It's it's one day. Tomorrow's a new day. Get yep. your ass back into aligning yourself with your goals. And that's and something that I do. um, I'm a very, I'm a guy, I'm a visual creature. Right next to my bed, I have a dry erase board. And I have my goals for the year, both personal goals, and then my business goals. Mm -hmm. And I also have those goals wrote down in my notes on my phone. Because everybody has a cell phone, everybody has attached to their damn hip nowadays. And and I do too. No different. But if I'm ever feeling like I'm in debate on what to do, I can look at those goals, and that makes me think about what do I really need to do. What are my real goals in life? Is it to just be happy because of food? Is it just be happy because I'm lazy, or is it the extra work that I'm going to do to produce these goals?
0: Yeah, and I so I'm glad you said uh, you brought up the whiteboard because I'm uh, I'm the same way. So I'm sitting here at my desk, and we're we're doing. Uh, having this conversation, and, and then to my left, I've got two whiteboards, and it's kind of the same thing. I've got one where I've written down my goals. I've got the other where I've—it's kind of a calendar of action, right? So, mm-hmm. pick on this podcast a little bit. There's certain days that I want to create. There's certain days that I want to upload. Certain days I want to engage, and I have, and it's written. It's all, and I'm down at this in this office because I work I work remotely as well. I'm in this office all day. I'm staring at this stuff all day and, and 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 having it in front of you. Whiteboard, I mean, you can get one Walmart for 25 bucks. Uh a, a decent one and then or or even on your phone having it in front of you reminding yourself why you're doing something is is huge and and I would say if I didn't have these and and these whiteboards are mounted on a, a cinder block basement wall. That that wasn't easy holes to drill, but I got them hung because I knew I need to be reminded every day. Sounds like that's what you do too. You, you, you wake up with the focus on what, what, what am I doing short-term and long-term?
1: Absolutely. Cause there's, there's a lot of, literally there isn't just one person that's successful business-wise, successful as an athlete, successful in any form of life. No matter anybody who is successful, they've all said, I always visualized my goals. I visualized yep. being successful. I visualize winning this. I visualize signing this deal. Power of visualization is a huge thing. I truly believe in it because when I go and I compete and I am, you know, things in my life are good. Things in my home life are good. Things, in my relationship, my friends are good. I don't have to worry about anything and I'm focused on my goal. I do very, very well, because I'm able to just focus on that, attack it, and also, to having the good people around me to encourage me to attack those goals.
0: Moral of the story is make sure you, you're very clear on what you want to achieve. Um, write it down, put it in front of your face so, so you don't forget it, and surround yourself with people that are going to support you, even while they're on their own journey. They're mm-hmm. gonna support you and push you to be the best version of yourself. That's what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah. See, something that I've realized because you know, when I when I was the younger idiot that was drinking and smoking, I had people around me and they were the people that I would drink and smoke with. And because that was just who I was surrounding myself with. Then I was around very good people when I was in Champaign and at Charleston. The people in Chicago. Some were good, some I still keep in contact with, other ones I don't. But for the most part, it, was, it wasn't the right mix I had. Right now, I have five people that I call my core five. These are the people that if I have an idea or a problem, I go to them and them only because they're the ones that are gonna give me the, the good, the bad, the ugly. But they're giving me that because they want me to succeed And there I mean, there's other people that I might throw the idea at because I do want some other opinions. But the people that are my core five, those are the ones that mean the most their opinion means the most. And they all those five people are all successful. Are they successful in different realms? Are they successful in different aspects of their life? They are. But those are the ones that I go to. So if you have a good group of people, and you're visualizing a goal that you want to go after. You go to the five people that want to see you succeed. Not the five people that are just who you go out drinking with. Or just the people that sit back and bitch complain. Are these five people goal-oriented people? Are they ones that they go after their goals? Yes. Those are the ones that you want to ask advice to achieve your goals.
0: Well, and I'll see if you, if you agree with me on this. Because my philosophy on success... Um, so. Uh, you know, middle of my life, we'll say, mid when I turned forty, I decided. You know, I was kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I said, I want to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I attributed success at that time to financial, like if if I am rich, I am successful. But I've learned over the years that that's not the case. Um, I truly believe that in in order to be to find success, we have to take care of ourselves. I mean, we we do. That's just we've got to make sure we're healthy. We're, we're, we're mentally where we want to be, but in the grand scheme of design, I feel like we need to put others first. Like everything we do, there's going to be a, a bit of a selfish, um, aspect to it because obviously we're trying to take care of ourselves, but for the most part, we should be giving back more than we're receiving. That's my philosophy. Would you agree with that?
1: I a hundred percent would agree with that because I've seen the most success probably, you know, for myself personally, probably in about the past six years. And that's when before, like, you know, my goal was I wanted to be a pro fighter. I wanted to do CrossFit. I want to own a home, you know, and, and there, those are good goals to have. But then when my goals, I still was achieving them, but I also was helping others that's when I really, really saw success. And it's funny because, um, Dave Ramsey, he's somebody that I, you know, I've read his books. I've listened to his podcast. Something that he says is, you know, when you have achieved certain financial success, it's give back to others. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, if you don't know about Shaquille O'Neal, about his life outside of basketball, I would recommend his biography too. He really, uh, he really opened my eyes with the business aspect, but people don't give Shaq enough credit for how much he does for helping other people and for helping kids. And I think that's what's made him successful with how much he gave. Yeah. And that's you know, uh my, my favorite football player of all time, uh, sweetness, Walter Payton. Mm-hmm. How much he volunteered and helped kids and how much people, people, some people remember him as a full people, but most of his close friends remember him as a person, how giving he was. Oh yeah.
0: Well, the NFL has the man, the Walter Payton man of the year award because of his generosity and all yeah. that good, good stuff that he put, you know, he put his team and his people, his friends that before. He, he kept them on a higher pedestal than himself.
1: Yeah. And that's something. So this is something I've never put on social media. And I'm not saying this because I want to brag or I want people to, you know, think this is just how I view things. Is there's two there's two people on my academy that they were having some problems financially, but they were good team members. They were good human beings. They didn't have money for a jiu jitsu gi, so I bought them their gis, oh. and that's that's not something I put on social media. It's not something I brag about. People don't know about that, right? But the thing is, is you're a good person. I want to help you, and I believe that's also. Um, I have a non for profit that I started. I so I. I Again, I, and also this kind of goes to the Jiu-Jitsu Academy. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with the non-for-profit. I'm just, I'm, what I'm just doing it. it that's what matters. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just figuring it out. Is with the personal training, the fighting world, a lot of guys start off and then they want to join the military, which is phenomenal. If you're serving your country, you're giving back to this country, and you're sacrificing yourself. So you're doing things for the right reasons. Well. I was their coach i was their trainer man i felt bad that i I don't get to see him like i want to or whatnot so when you're away for holidays that is a hard thing to do you're away from everybody you're just you know in a tent with all your guys or at your barracks so what i started to do a couple years ago is i got like two you know medium-sized boxes i got some little like goodies some candies cards and whatnot I sent to some guys that I had trained and they thought it was the best thing in the world. I was like, okay, so I did something right, but I don't know what I'm doing. So let's, let's try to do a little bit more next year. Next year, I got two bigger boxes makes. I was not afraid to ask more people. Mm-hmm. And some people gave me some money and I paid for the shipping, paid for, you know, other items. Third year, I was like, you know, some fuck this being scared my guys are overseas missing the holidays i'm going to go for this so twice a day i would post stuff on my social media i would post stuff on the news happening and i was getting people out of the woodwork coming and helping and dropping food candy you know socks deodorant any anything that was on this wish list from my guys that i coached right um, and then the following year i was like you know something i'm a small business owner with the you know, personal training. Why don't I ask some other local small business owners? Cause it's all going to local troops directly. So then small businesses were writing me checks to help out. And I had five huge ass like U-Haul boxes oh, sent wow. to my guys. Like
0: those, uh, what do they call them? The lords really,
1: the, yeah, the big ones. And big. I, and again, I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing but I was knew I was doing something right to help my guys. And what was really cool is the fourth year I did it. A couple of my guys asked for packets of honey. And I was like, what, why honey? Like that was just seemed odd to me. And in the middle East, because of their extreme weather change, they don't have bees there. Oh, So they use honey. The locals, uh, they use honey for medicine for their teas and whatnot. So one of my guys got a a packet of honey and there was a young, young kid and he gave a few things of honey, went and gave it to his parents. His parents came out of their hut and started talking to my buddy and started talking to his commander and said, uh, Hey, thanks for this. Don't go down this road down here. And they were like, well, why can't we go down this road? And they go, the bad guys just placed a bomb there a few hours ago. Oh, wow. So that was one of those things where I'm giving back, just helping out my buddies who are overseas, but really just because of a packet of honey, I probably helped save some lives.
0: Oh yeah, Gen- Generosity is definitely contagious. That that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, and like you said, that's, that's a great story to share because you know, you, you're, you're helping out your buddies, your buddies are helping out somebody else. And then they in return help out your buddies.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and that was one of those things kind of like with starting a personal training business. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. There was no rhyme or reason or book to help you. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Starting a Jitsu Academy. I just went for it. I really don't know what the hell I'm doing. Starting a not-for-profit. There isn't a book to help you with that. There isn't a right or wrong way to organize it. I just know I want to help people and I figure it out. Now, have I stumbled with it? Yeah. Have I had people that I don't know who they are send me shitty messages telling me I'm going to fail or tell me that this not-for-profit is dumb and I'm being a shitbag and I'm keeping the money or keeping you know this, yeah. this food? Yeah, I, I get that. But here's the thing. I don't care. You can say whatever you think, whatever you want. But if you're somebody who actually knows me if you talk to the people that I've helped, they're going to give you a different story. And that's what matters to me is I'm helping the right people and I'm going to keep helping the right people no matter what outside people are going to say that really at the end of the day, would they ever go out of their way to help people the way that I am? No, they're not.
0: Well, you know, that's unfortunate
1: byproduct of
0: becoming successful is you're going to have people that see your success become jealous of it. And instead of doing something... You know, looking at it, say, "Man, this guy, look where he's at in life." I want to be there instead of putting in the work to start their climb, their ascension up that mountain. Right? They, they just—it's easier for them to try to pull you back down. Oh yeah, be down with them.
1: You know. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's another quote that I got, and I I absolutely love this quote because it really does, you know, coincide with me. Is if you have people that are your enemies or people that hate you, you're doing something right in life, because you stood up for yourself or you stood for something. Right. right? And I 100% agree with that. Because, you know, I did, I've done a lot of things on my own, that definitely is going against the grain or going against others. And I, I get why people dislike what I have done. But also how many more people I have helped by doing it the way I think is right. I'm doing it the right way and I'm doing it for the right reasons. And if people, if people don't see me doing things for the right reasons, then you're looking at it the wrong way.
0: I don't know. It's it's just, it's It's, it's too bad that, that more people don't, uh, don't try to support uh, the successful, those that are, 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 those are the people you can learn from the people that are, are that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking at people that are miles ahead of me and, I'm saying, how did they get there? Cause I'm going to repeat it. I'm not going to recreate the wheel. I'm just going to mirror success. Oh yeah. And I could say that with this podcast. I mean, I started this podcast. It's something I had thought about probably for the last couple of years. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And am I going to be the best podcast in the world? No. Am I going to be the next Joe Rogan? Maybe if I put in the work and I, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I fight for it. So I think, you know, m- m- more people need to have that mindset instead of trying to pull down the success they need to, they need to mimic
1: and mirror, but yeah. Cause I, I think the thing is, is, you know, kind of like where I went back to the core five, mm-hmm. those core five, if I've told them, Hey, I'm doing, you know, this fundraiser, I'm doing a seminar, I'm going to do this with my gym. They're the ones that they are like, okay, well, have you thought about this? And they give me good ideas to make my idea successful. The people that are negative, they're the ones that would never do what I'm trying to do. They don't see the bigger vision. So again, your core five people. Those are the ones that if they do have a negative comment, they're the ones I'll listen to. If it's some joker that I don't talk to, or I haven't talked to in five years, or What you're doing in life isn't something that I would want to do anyway. I don't give a shit what you say because I don't want your life. I don't want to be like you. The people that are the core five, I'll listen to them because they are looking out for my best interest when I talk to them. No matter if my goal is right or wrong, they're going to give me good and bad and good constructive criticism, not just pure negative just because you're not ever going to accomplish something.
0: So let me let me ask you this. Uh, it, it, you, it's uh, time flies when you're having fun. We're we're, we're almost uh, <laughs> an hour and are oh, almost at two hours with this thing. Yeah, uh,
1: definitely get you, uh, a, good conversation.
0: conversation. But uh, let so let me ask you this: If people want to get a hold of you, uh, if they want to reach out, um, what what are you on social media? How, how's the best? What would be the best way for for people to reach out to you if they wanted to?
1: Yeah. So. You have a couple of ways to get a hold of me. Um, one, everybody has Facebook, yep. <laughs> so if you want to reach me, the best way go to Facebook. Shoot me a message, Jared Game, and I also do have two other business pages. It's Jared G Legacy Training, PSF Legacy Jitsu. so that's on Facebook. And then if you want to try Instagram. I also have that, and that's training for my and the the number four, my legacy. All right. So you got a couple of ways to get a hold of me. Um, Other than that, you know, I, I wouldn't know what else to tell you.
0: <laughs> You're busy submitting people, so uh, you know you gotta get those social media. So I'll, I'll make sure I link all that in in the description for anybody listening that wants to reach out uh, to Jared. As we wrap things up here, I want to give you the next, you know, however many more minutes uh, of wisdom you have. But what are your parting words, uh, words of wisdom, uh, words of inspiration? W- what would you like to say to everybody listening to this
1: show? Well, first off, thanks for putting me on the spot.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, I got to do that at least once, <laughs> if not twice an episode. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, honestly, kind of what I've I've talked about is the three things that I'm most proud of is the personal training, the Jiu Jitsu Academy, and the non for profit. All three of those, I was, I still have the thoughts, man, what am I doing? I'm not ready for it, but I know it's a good thing deep down in my heart, and I still went for it. And yeah. along with that, I surround myself with good people and have a good set of people in my life that are going to encourage me and are going to support me to do what I want to do in life. So if you have a goal, don't be afraid to go after it. And also with that, be a good person within your goals and have good people around you that want to see you succeed, not people that are going to be negative and take you down.
0: That's great advice. As we, as we've been talking, I take notes as well. And uh, you know, the four things that I've, that I can say that I'm taking away from this conversation and and it's really just going to mirror what you just said. Uh, Start where you are. Uh, Don't, don't, don't overthink it. If you want to do something, start where you are and make it bigger than you. So don't make it just about money, popularity, fame, make it about others. Uh, Have the courage to take a chance visualize your success. What does success look like to you? How do you define success? And then surround yourself with the right type of people that will help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Yeah. That's what I'm I'm getting out of this this conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, everybody has goals of what they want to do. And it, it doesn't matter how wild they can be. But if that's your goal in life, go for it. And yep. having the people to support you, having, you know, your significant other supports you is going to help you. You're, you're not going to have, I, I guarantee you this. There's not one successful person in life that said, yeah, when I did this, I had negative people helping me and I had a toxic marriage. <laughs> <laughs> not one person's going to say that all those people are going to say, I have good people. I have a good, you know, relationship with the person i'm seeing and they all encouraged me and helped me and that's really the big big thing you got to look for when you want help with achieving your goals
0: yep no, you, uh, that's exactly what that's that's what it's all about so uh and and one last thing before we wrap this up uh, your non not not for profit is legacy for the troops right did i have that right
1: yep legacy for the troops
0: and is that uh does that have its own Social media, or is that just if somebody wanted to contribute to that, they could just contact you, or
1: just just contact me because what I'm doing, and again, I'm trying to evolve this, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right? <laughs> is normally I do the non for profit just around Thanksgiving, Christmas time. Now, because I'm a personal trainer at heart, what I'm my goal this summer, and Who knows, because it's a crazy world we live in and a lot of things are shut down or you're not able to. I want to this summer do some type of a outdoor workout that is going to be strictly for a non-for-profit donation with this. I need to find out where I can do this and how it's going to be available. But that is something that is a goal of mine that I want to do hopefully this summer if not, I will the next summer. I want to do an outdoor workout.
0: All right. Well, Jared, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast and and talking to you. I appreciate all the the wisdom and and and, and encouragement, inspiration you've shared with with all of us listening. And uh, I'll I look forward to talking to you again. I'll probably see you in the gym sometime or eventually, eventually. Yeah. Now show up show <laughs> up for a, for a session at the at the Jiu Jitsu Academy. So
1: yeah thank you very much for having me it's uh been a lot of fun i'm you know i'm still kind of shocked that people asked me to be on a podcast but i i do appreciate it and it was a lot of fun and definitely we'll uh you and, you and i are, are cross our are paths will cross again yeah for sure
0: all right thank you and uh we'll talk to you later
1: okay have a good one buddy
0: there you go there you have it my conversation with jared game if you are still listening i know we're approaching the two hour mark I know. And you've hung in there. You've been a real trooper. And I just want to say thank you. I hope you got as much out of that interview as I did. I really do love talking to people and just hearing their stories. We all have a story that needs to be told. You, me, that guy, this guy, that woman, that woman, whatever. Man. We just all have a story that needs to be heard. So if you haven't already, do me a favor. Go ahead and give this podcast a follow on whatever episode or whatever platform you're listening to us on. Whether it be Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, whatever. Just give us give us a like or a follow, and be sure you share share this podcast out with your family and friends because who knows who knows what what story the next person needs to hear. So we want to get this out there. And, uh, you know, just see where it goes, see who we can help, because that's the bottom line. So, all right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much. And uh, as always, aim high, be courageous, and do amazing things.